everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. This week we watched the final four episodes of Uncontrollably Fond. (laughs) (laughs) They did it. They did it. We did it. Everyone did it. We're finished. If you're here with us, you also probably finished. And they got me, Raquel. I didn't think they'd get me, and they got me. They had a redemption arc for basically every single character and made me love them at the last second. Yeah. How did they do that? Because literally last week we were dragging every single one of these characters through the dirt and the bushes and the thorns, and we were happy to do so because we were done with every single one of them. We weren't here for anyone's bullshit. And then in these, the final hours of Uncontrollably Fond, they destroyed me. They just, I loved every single person. I wanted only good things for them, and I cried constantly. Because they couldn't have them. They realized that the only good things that they wanted from their lives were Shin Jun Young. Basically, just Shin Jun Young's presence. And that's the only thing they couldn't have. And my heart hurts. Yep. Forever. This is it for us. I'm in hell. This is the worst. Every single goodbye was so perfectly done. I cannot imagine anything better. They did such a good job. Yeah. Um, You're right. Every single farewell. Because I was like 100... Around episode... Let's see. It probably would have been... Probably 18. Around episode 18. Choi Hyun Jun. I was... I thought he was it. I thought we were ready to sink him. I was ready. He did. He went ahead and he dropped the bomb that he was the one that asked his brother to get rid of Young Ok. Is that true? Hard to say. Hard to say. Because it sounds like he was lying to everyone to make everyone feel better about everything. Sort of. He does seem pretty devoted to his wife. Big mistake. Why would you do that? Um, But kind of commendable. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't really believe in a weird self-punishment through an abusive relationship, but that's what he's decided his punishment is going to be, and that's somewhat commendable. Yeah, it's interesting to me because, yeah, like you said, it seems a bit like self-punishment through an abusive relationship or even like a devotion, like once you commit to marriage with a person, you don't go back on that, which, yeah. again, sort of commendable, except... I think that that logic would keep a lot of people in abusive relationships, and I'm very much of the per- of the philosophy that not everyone is for us. Like, we don't have to just commit to a person because we said we would because people change, and that's okay. And if they change into someone that's not for you or you are not for them, that's okay too. And it, there was a lot of character change in these last four episodes. Just radical, groundbreaking change. And I just don't see the purpose of staying with someone who is a murderer and a liar and a thief and a monster. But I guess to each his own for how you're going to handle your life. You know, go, go ahead, Choi Hyun Jun. That's fine, I guess. You can do you. Yeah, it's it's not something that I would commend or condone in the real world, mm-hmm. but it's something that I liked in the story of yeah. his arc of finally being a real human being included 
accepting that he maybe made the wrong choice in who he married and seeing that through, especially in the face of his son, Jite, being like, I will, I will take responsibility for her. I will never leave her. You can go. And him being like, you've been through enough, my boy, my sweet, precious child. I will not let you take this one. I'll be there for her. Yeah. It was really nice. Oh. It is. Yeah. It was, that moment for Jute was also really beautiful. Um, the acting. Really misjudged oh, that you guy. Could see it. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, no, everyone brought their A-game to these final four episodes, which is what made them so devastating. Um, I will, before we move on from who should have stayed with the ultimate villain of this K-drama, I will posit one final solution. Could have been nobody. Yeah. We could have gone with no one, and then you illustrate how alienating people and taking what's yours and power-grabbing at all costs does leave you alone and it leaves you as a shell of a person like if you're willing to sacrifice your own son maybe you lose your son and also you lose your husband and maybe even your daughter potentially it does seem like a hard scenario where i don't think she would have learned her lesson kind of like you see homegirl in jail jungin where she's having a really hard time taking her comeuppance, learning her lesson, and reflecting on her actions. I think that Unsu, I think is her name, Unsu's family realized that if they left her alone, she wouldn't learn, she wouldn't grow. She would just keep being a terrible person. And they were like, we're good people now, and we're good enough that maybe we can save her. It will be part of our repentance for our terrible actions to actually try and save her and try and put her on the right path, which is, yeah, on paper, an interesting choice and one that, sure, why not go for it? But yeah, I I got the impression that they were like, well, if we leave her, she'll just keep doing bad things. At least maybe we can stop her if we stick around. Yeah. I guess I can see that. Yeah. I don't know why we start with that scene. It was so interesting, but for real, one of the first scenes that messed me up real, real bad was Che Hun Jun's scene with Jun Young. Oh my god. The memory loss thing of being like, so remember how you maybe abandoned your child knowing that you had a child? Which you posited that may have been a lie, and I really hope it was. But either way, he realizes that he missed out on 28 years with this very special boy who looked up to him so, so much. He didn't have his last memory with his son being their their clash and their little, like, trying to get each other, trying to bury each other and being very cruel to each other. He had his last memory be talking to him from 10 years ago when he was this, just this college grad trying to be like his dad. That could not have been better handled in any way the acting was astounding i was i want to say speechless that i mean noise was coming out of me it was sobs those (laughs) noises were sobs i guess that's not speech so speechless still works um the writing 
And also, even like through it all, even through my own devastation, they gave you such a moment because the look on Choi Hyunjun's face when he realizes what's happening and the he's essentially looking at his young young son who at one point completely looked up to him it was such a moment of painful vindication because i did i did have the thought for just a second yeah fucker your past doesn't just go away because you will it to or because you're angry it turns out He's still your son, and he's still dying. And at one point, you meant so much to him. How does it feel? And also, I just wanted to hug Jun Young so much. Just, you know. Like every other minute. Yeah, just constantly. I was pissed at him. And then these last episodes, all I wanted was for some someone hug that boy. Because <laughs> you want him to have that moment at the ocean where he finally tells someone how scared he is. I think he's worked so hard at pushing people away, and then getting sick, he realized that he wanted people near him, and he he needed people in his life, but he approached it in a way that was constantly pretty manipulative. Even even moments before, when Noel and Jun Young have left the hospital and they're walking along the highway by the ocean... He, like, takes off his scarf and wraps it around her and then puts a jacket over his shoulder and he says, get on my back. And it's like, (laughs) buddy, have you still not learned what romance is? This is not romantic to just demand someone get on your back. You have to look them in the eye and be like, are you okay? Do you need me to carry you? Let's have a little communication. And then two seconds later, he's like... You want communication? Here we go. Yeah. He's like, oh, I get it. Okay, well, here's everything I feel. But what if you keep it to yourself, bud? Yeah, what if you don't hurt all of us in the process? We didn't do anything to you. We did. We did drag you really hard last week. It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Um, But yeah. Hey, let's talk about that storyline for half a second. I think that was one of the only parts I didn't like about these four episodes was that Noel had to be a damsel in distress. Like, hey, Jun Young is the damsel in distress of this whole drama, and now we have Jite being a damsel in distress. He's in the hospital. He's looking pretty pretty damaged, which they kind of glossed over, but I think the whole point was that his mom tried to kill him for the sake of his dad. Crazy. That's crazy bananas. <laughs> but we already have two damsels in distress. We don't need a third. No. Yeah. Just, like, hey, take some Tums. I don't know. Figure it out. Or, like, don't sit outside in the middle of the night. Also, I struggled with that because I feel like... Noel was the first person to catch on to the fact that he was going through stages of memory loss and he was having like acute memory loss and he was having like point like periods of time when he would experience pretty much complete disorientation and be transported back and because she was there when he thought that it was shortly after she pretended to be his girlfriend like six years ago yeah and I feel like there was... Was there any other time that was indicated to other people that he was struggling with his memory? I don't... Maybe not. That might have been the only t- 
time, and maybe she didn't understand it at the level I thought she did. No, because there was like a voiceover where the doctor was explaining to her what was happening. That's what it was, is she definitely knew what was happening. Yeah, so I guess what was hard for me was that she... I couldn't tell if she took it really personally that he walked away and hadn't come back for her and hadn't called. But part of me... It's hard because I couldn't possibly imagine how hard it would be to be living with someone like who had dementia or who was struggling with memory loss that badly. But she did seem to know that he went to see his dad and he was weirdly excited about it. And so, yeah, she had to have known. Like, she had to have known that that he was having an episode, but she, yeah... Really internalized it and made herself sick over it, which seems, I don't want to say selfish because everyone handles grief in their own way. I don't know if it was out of selfishness, but it was a little bit naive, I guess. A little bit immature? Because mm-hmm. I assume, yeah, I don't know if the, the uh, whatever she was going through, the sickness, the tummy aches, they said <laughs> it in the show. I'm sure it was a very serious thing was caused by stress or all the seafood Mm -hmm. that they were eating on the street or a combination of the two. (laughs) But it seems like if you eat seafood on the street all day and then you have stomach aches, maybe take yourself to the hospital. Don't be that guy that's like, I'm going to wait for him to come home. Because obviously, good idea in theory, maybe he's disoriented and you're like, I need to be here for him when he gets back. To kind of explain what happened, fill in some blanks. But also, you have phones. Send him a text message. Be like, hey, I'm going to the hospital now. I'm not feeling great. I'll be home later. I don't... Mm -hmm. Just... Yeah, it's very immature to be like, I'll wait for him to get back before dealing with my thing that's killing me. Yeah. And yeah, she never called him, which was kind of weird because... That could have saved a lot. And she never told the manager. Like, she called the manager and was like, hey, have you seen Jun Young? And he was like, yeah, he's here for a birthday party. Maybe that's the time to be like, hey, so we all know he's got this thing now. Let me explain that one of the symptoms is disorientation and memory loss. Could you keep an eye on him? He might be disoriented right now. He might be having an episode. So just keep watch of him. I'll I'll be here. Like, I don't know. Bring it up with the people around him. Don't. (laughs) be like i'm his only caretaker and only Only i I get the secrets (laughs) i went and talked to his doctor i figured it out first yeah that doctor really should not have told her all that yeah that seems pretty illegal i don't know i don't know about a lot of laws in korea we will reiterate that with every k-drama that we watch (laughs) i have no clue about korean law it does feel like perhaps they breached patient doctor confidentiality for sure mm-hmm. you i'm pretty sure you cannot walk into a hospital and say i know so and so is sick now you have to tell me what he has <laughs> now you have to tell me because i figured out on my own that he was <laughs> yeah. sick case closed like i'm sorry i think even if you're a family member like i think even if she was his actual wife she would have a harder time getting his medical information i don't know We don't know Korean laws, but, like, hey, give out that information like candy, Mr. Doctor. 
Yeah, maybe the doctor was counting on Shinjun Young forgetting about the fact that he was told not to say anything, which is pretty bad, Doc. <laughs> don't be this guy. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyways, yeah, Noel should have really told Guk Young, like, mm-hmm. hey, he might need a little bit extra attention tonight. I'll take care of me. You guys take care of him. Yeah, could you watch him? And have a nice uh, birthday for your dad. Love you, bye. birthday for your dad. Yeah, we uh, we didn't really need a birthday for his dad. We didn't really need Noel getting sick. The rest of the stuff, probably, I think, was kosher. I was okay with everything else. Just those two things. I was like, hey, gay drama, what are you doing? I did like the sunglasses birthday. I would absolutely <laughs> attend sunglasses at night birthday. Corey Hart, what's up? <laughs> it was very cute and very sad. Every moment of this last episode was pain and torture and sadness. <laughs> yeah, these last episodes were rough. I usually draw a crying emoji in my notes of when I cried. So that I can be like, this scene, this is the one that made me cry. I think there's one in episode 17, one in episode 18, and then 19 and 20. <laughs> Just like a river, a river All of, of the tears. Scenes. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, I think I cried once in 18. 17, I was fine. And then 19 and 20. At one point in 20, I think we all know the scene. Like, I can just say it. I can say these words, and we'll all know what scene I'm talking about. There was a scene that I did have to pause because I could not see anymore. (laughs) I was crying so hard. I could not read. I My ability to watch the K-drama had been completely obliterated by the K drama. I could I physic I blinded myself with tears. <laughs> was it with his mom? It was with his mom. It we're twenty minutes into this episode. We could use this moment, we could use this twenty minutes deep to talk about the mom stuff and then maybe try and find some uppers to talk about there's no uppers in these last episodes but like maybe find something nice to talk about or we could go ahead and we could save the tears for the end but we we've got to talk about the mom scene and it's gonna hurt a lot i have one single upper and i feel like it'll be so quick that gosh no i have two uppers okay we'll do the uppers first then we'll get into all the sad stuff okay okay Okay. okay. Upper number one is that Guk Young and Nari got together. Oh, yeah, that was kind of sweet. An unexpected ship. We didn't need it, but hey, how cute is that? Don't know how they met. Didn't see it coming. I'm supposing that Noel will introduce them. I love it. I'm here I for it. I love it. it. you two. Amazing. They were very happy. Yeah. Guk Young and his sister both got nice hair haircuts. Yeah, I guess they relaxed their hair. Now I'm wondering what's happening, because they did have their dad's curly hair until the last scene, and I'm trying to figure out if that was like a, and time has passed, indicator. They were like, we have no other way to indicate other than giving you straight hair. I don't know. I know that you can straighten hair. I'm aware. It's just, it was an interesting, because you can straighten hair in 15 minutes, so I don't know if it's a great time has passed indicator. That's fair. But we had Noel, and her hair was a lot longer. Oh, I didn't even pay attention. Yeah, she's got some of those extensions. 
So I think, I think it was just supposed to be like, time has passed. You don't know how much, but time has passed. Oh, we're getting into the sad stuff. Okay, real quick, last happy thing of the whole drama was Haru and Nojik saying their goodbyes. Wow, I did not root for them until literally that moment. Yeah, it was a pretty good, it was a pretty mature goodbye. I was pretty proud of the way that both parties handled that goodbye, that there was a lot of honesty and a lot of realness. Like, yeah, we probably shouldn't do this thing, and that's okay, and I'll save your number, and maybe we can talk in the future, but likely we'll go our own ways. Perfect. Perfect. The most Chef kiss. perfect ending for those two. Yep. I... Yeah, I was really proud of those dumb babies for figuring it out. Because in that moment when they saw each other, I did want them to get back together. And I was like, I don't, nope, don't listen to me. <laughs> don't put them back together. It's not going to work. Mm-mm. I think they've got to get some separation there. they got to get separation. Um. Oh, there was another Jite no Ool moment that was pretty sweet. I don't know. I was kind of proud of them for patching things up to the extent that they were able to. Was it the blender scene? Because I was thinking, yeah, because I was thinking that they just would never see each other again, and that would probably be fine. Honestly, I still kind of stand by what we said in our last podcast episode, where I'm like, these people all need to get out of each other's lives. Fair. Yeah, but that said, I think it's good that they clearly have reached a point where they can talk. I don't see them speaking much in the foreseeable future, especially apparently he's going to go ahead and court the woman who murdered her father, which is an interesting choice. We've come in an interesting, very oddly shaped, not quite circle, Jite, but I guess we'll take it. It was very reminiscent of the moment with Che Jun and uh, Lee and Su being being together where he's like, well, I've I've done villainous things and now I'm a good guy. I've seen the light. So I will spend the rest of my life trying to get this woman to do the same. And like, okay, I mean, to each his own, live your own life. But seems like a weird choice, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I can't quite figure him out. I've never been able to. I really, I had him pegged as a serial killer from the beginning. We've been talking about it with one of our listeners who emailed in and <laughs> feels like for sure he's a serial killer. And I, I mean, I, I get it. It felt like maybe he was going to do a murder at some point. Oh, no. I, very, I misjudged him. He's yes, a pretty good that guy. Scene, his goodbye? His goodbye with Jun Young? <sighs> Well, that hey. was a cry scene. Yeah, yeah. I did cry. I hope they can be good brothers in their next life. Me too. A moment of silence for our tears. <laughs> My eyes honestly burn right now. They hurt so bad. I think I cried too much last night, and now I can't make tears anymore. So they're just going to burn instead. They just hurt so bad. <laughs> this is the worst. Let's go get some eye drops. I'll wait here. <laughs> Splash some water on your face so that your face feels like it's crying. Maybe you can trick <laughs> your face into thinking it's fine. This is fine. We're all fine. We'll just get into the sadder scenes and I'll just cry. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. I'm actually... I am having a pretty hard time bringing myself to talking about the sadder scenes. I'm simultaneously afraid that I'll cry more, which is not what my body needs. I have had a 
a dehydration headache since watching the episode yesterday. But also, I'm afraid I won't cry, because maybe I can't feel anymore, because I felt all of the feelings that I've ever been capable of feeling at the end of the last episode. I expended them. I've met my feeling quota, and I've got to spend the rest of the year having none, so... That's where I'm at. I mean, similarly. The eyes burning thing. It just feels like I can't cry anymore. I physically cannot cry anymore, (laughs) and this drama deserves my tears... It deserves mm-hmm. my love. So, like, sorry if we seem a little bit dead on the podcast. It's yeah. because we are. Yep. We've, we died. Uncontrollably okay, killed us. Yeah, real tell me quick. everything. Leave nothing out. <laughs> I'm going to derail us this whole time so that we never get to the sad scenes. <laughs> yes. So, at the very end of the show, we had Noel kissing a bus stop poster with Jun Yang that said... That's- Congratulations, you survived another day. Um, seems a little bit tactless to make a giant bus stop poster of a man who just died and say you survived another day. Hey, guys. That's pretty rough. That's a lot. Too soon. Who who owns the rights to uh, Shinjuyong's image? Because what you're doing is problematic. Don't be doing that. I feel like you think it's sweet and it might not be as sweet as you think it is. I think you're misunderstanding tact. You're missing the mark, for sure. Mm -hmm. They were so preoccupied on whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think on whether or not they should. (laughs) Ooh, I did not like that. And obviously I knew that Raquel was throwing up at... (laughs) <laughs> no kissing a bus stop poster you know me so well i'm not even that weird about germs i just there are some things that are so deeply common sense like they're just so deeply ingrained you know it's like listen i have been the garbage person who's dropped something on the floor but it's been my floor and so i'm like okay well i know where my feet have been so i'm gonna go ahead and eat this cracker that i dropped on the floor Or, if I've let my floor get really dirty, I do make the choice to not eat the cracker, because I know my floor. See, you can make those kinds of judgment calls when you're (laughs) eating off of your own floor. But I would never, in a million years, eat something off of a public floor. I just couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't, never, ever, ever. And similarly... Taking you on a journey back to episode one. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. I ha- I have wiped my own snot into my own hand. Like a garbage person. I'm disgusting. I do, I wash my hands. I do that afterward immediately. But like when you're away from the bathroom and your nose is running and you don't have a tissue and you're just like, okay, what do I have? I have my sleeve. I have my hand. I've used both in the past. I'm the worst, but I would never have a child blow snot into my hand. And if I had a picture in my home of the person I love, actually, I don't know that I would kiss it, because I, do- I don't know. Maybe I would. I, I've never done it before. I would not kiss a street sign. Especially what <laughs> this might be a little bit. Rude. Especially one that's at kissable level, where I feel like maybe a lot of people have been kissing that poster. Yeah, think of all the teenage girls with not yet developed frontal lobes who are making the choice to kiss street signs. That's what you look like, Noel. Noel? 
I'm not going to say that's what she looks like. Yeah. It's not. Hey. She's, she looks very sad. Yeah, but also check your frontal lobe. <laughs> I know I, I know it was supposed to be a sweet moment. I just... If she hadn't kissed it, I think it would have been an equally sweet moment. That's all yeah. I'm saying. No, that's fair. Okay, best best moment of this whole drama was that cherry blossom scene. Are we are we right on that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yep, that was a very good scene. Okay. For a lot of reasons. She forgave him. Yep. That's a big one. That's a big Mostly one. Mostly the aesthetics. I mean, I want to say number one most aesthetically pleasing scene. Yeah. The blue coat, the pink blossoms. Wow. All beautiful. They really brought it all together. But gosh darn, her saying, I've thought about it a lot, and it wasn't your fault that I got hit by a car. The only words that he never knew he needed to hear. I guess he knew he needed to hear it, but he never thought he would. He didn't deserve it. Oh, my heart. And then they cry matching beautiful tears down the left side of their faces. The most beautiful K-drama tears, but not in like a way that I want to mock them in the way that they're supposed to be done where I feel like they're the most beautiful criers in the whole world these two beautiful actors it was flawless and it was something I think I also needed to hear as a viewer that not only did she forgive him but she was acknowledging you couldn't have known what would happen it's not like he hired that car to hit her it's not like he went into that moment thinking you know what I'm going to do a murder he was just a kid trying to protect his shitty dad. And I think he knew that, but also you never quite get over that guilt of of hurting someone that you love. And just to have her say those words to him was just really fucking nice. Really, really nice. And I'm just petty enough to never forgive, never forget. So I don't know if I could have been as big as she was, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I'm a petty, petty person. I have no clue. I feel like I am more forgiving of others than I am. I'm more forgiving of pe- toward people who have done harm to me than people who have done harm to my loved ones. I do know that much. Like, if someone did something that got me hit by a car and then was clearly very sorry about it and maybe found my father's murderer, <laughs> then for sure I would forgive them. If someone got Emily hit by a car... And then said they were sorry. I think I would still hate them. That's fair. Um, really quick before we move on from that scene. I have an Instagram that I wanted to recommend to you specifically, but like anyone who's interested in seeing it. Ah, there it is. Hello, Dongwon. So that's H-E-L-L-O underscore D-O-N-G-W-O-N. And if you loved that scene aesthetically, then you will love this Instagram. It's pictures of Korea, and they're all pastel colors and sunsets and clouds and the Han River and people standing and boats, and it's unbelievably beautiful, and it really reminds me of that same aesthetic. Lots of cherry blossom trees in Korea. Wow, that page is really beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, if y'all also liked that aesthetic, check out that Instagram. It's super, super beautiful. It's art, and it's lovely, and it... fill Hey, fill your Instagram feeds with art. Even if you follow 436 people, you'll just be, like, really happy that you're looking at so much art constantly. (laughs) 
they really pulled through with this K-drama at the end aesthetically. I feel like mm-hmm. most of it was set in in the city with like periodic really beautiful shots, but they were like no holds bar. These last four episodes are going to be the most beautiful shots you've ever seen. All of them. All of them. Remember their little dream house that was the simultaneously the cutest and the most like stunning, most brilliant design I've ever seen. It is my f- also my dream house, like a mid-century modern meets like leaning more toward the modern than the mid-century meets like a really earthy aesthetic, you know, like woods, lots of wood and stone. Yeah. Cabin aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Like where those two that intersection is so beautiful that what a good home that he made for them. Yeah, I thought way too much about the will. I was like, did he leave this house to her? Because both, I want her to have it and to live there. And also, I want her to never go back there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm the guy that's like, too many happy memories. Hey, I'm just going to shutter this house and, like, never come back. Yep. Can't ever look at it again. I get really sentimental about places. Yeah. Very deeply. I remember even standing in the living room of my childhood friends home like when they were moving out and we had just finished like cleaning it i was helping them all move like the whole family was moving out and i remember standing in the living room and it's not even like i had that many happy like it's not like i constantly spent time there it was like only a few years that they even lived in that home but like i remember standing in that living room and being so sentimental about it if i had like the last home that i lived in with the man that i loved fuck i would struggle i would struggle leaving it yeah i would struggle leaving it and i would struggle staying because yeah because places are so sentimental for me how do you do either i cannot imagine yep an immovable object and a unstoppable force these i'm really grateful that they spent at least a few weeks together a few days together a bit of time together we kept asking for them to sell us on the romance. And, you know, I wish that this drama had been shorter if they were going to really wait until the very end to get them together. I'm going to stand by saying that this should have been a miniseries. Yeah. Because they really just made them fall in love at the very, very end. I don't want to sound petty, but I do. Petty queen over here. Hey, All I'm saying is... is- it's us. Petty queens. Serving up those petty thoughts. All I'm saying is they could have had an entire other episode, another entire episode, if they had cut about 50% of the flashbacks that they went ahead and filled these episodes up with. I've been a little bit spoiled, because we've watched a lot of new dramas recently, and I did forget that old dramas are about... 40% flashback to things that happened in the same fucking episode. I think they've grown on me. I did not mind them at all. I've become an old man. Maybe it's because <laughs> I've made more of a habit of watching dramas, not binging them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Watching them more sporadically, where that's how they aired. I assume that's why they have so many flashbacks, is to be like, hey, so you watched episode three a good what two months ago 
if they come out weekly. So let's just bring a little bit of flashback in here and remind you of all that we've been through. And yeah, I think I'm kind of in that boat now where I have no memory. This is probably why I have a bad memory is they they treat me like a baby, like I never remember anything. (laughs) And wow, it's working. Your brain is like, yeah, okay, I I won't retain. Yeah, this is why Chaehyun Jun his comeback was so great because I immediately forgot all the bad things he did throughout the drama. I was like, <laughs> yes, he's a good man. We all remember liking him. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I feel like the flashbacks were well done in this in this drama. I'm gonna dissent. I will. I will always be willing to relinquish my stance on drama or flashbacks from past episodes it is flashbacks from the same episode that i get real salty about and they had a lot of that (laughs) sure they flash back to stuff that happened 15 minutes prior occasionally like the flashback of like Choi hyung jun remembering meeting his son or whatever you know it's like that's fine it's been like 10 episodes. Yeah, it's been a while. And it maybe it's been like a month since you've seen that. The flashback of when we go back and look at the nice day that Noel had with her good, good boyfriend. Uh, and it is, it was this episode that that good, good day happened with that good, good boy. Like, that is where I will draw my line and I will die on that hill. I'm gonna mix those <laughs> two things together. I'll draw my lines and die on my hills. Um, cause I just don't need it. And I could, instead, you could give me more moments of them being in love. Cause you're taking him from us. So you may as well make us regret it even more, I guess. That's fair. Yeah, I think we're both right. We can both be right. Because I liked the flashbacks where she's asleep for like three days and she's reminiscing on their lives together and how many times they've met throughout the past, which is like, cool, cool, cool. Good Good way to do flashbacks, sort of a montage effect. And then him with his memory loss kind of doing the same thing where he... He has these moments where he starts shifting and the camera goes crazy and it's showing these flashes in his head of what he's remembering. And it's like, oh, that's such a cool way to do flashbacks. I'm so into it. But yes, then it, then they also do have a lot of unnecessary flashbacks as well. If we could both be right, that's pretty much <laughs> always where we land. Yeah, no one's wrong and everyone's right and that's why we're here together. <laughs> Except we're also always wrong. It's fine. Yeah, a little, little column A, little column B, you know? We're a mess. Anyways, okay, it's really time to jump into the sad stuff or we'll never get to it. Yeah, okay, okay. I- I'm fine. I'm hurting, but I'm fine. Which sad thing do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about Hyun Jun's goodbye and Chijite's goodbyes. Those were so well done in really creative ways where I feel like they could have made his memory loss just uh, a medium for like creating these these wacky wild scenes. And instead they used it really tactfully and really beautifully. And so I liked those goodbyes so much. So, so much. Um, we got freaking... We got Young Uk asking Chae Hyun Joon 
to save her son because she thought that it was her fault that he was dying. And hey, I can never be a parent now. I remember my middle school teacher saying we were reading a book, I think it was about World War II, and a child grows up and he goes to war and he passes away and it's about his life and it includes his parents and their grief. And my teacher said, it is natural in life for children to lose their parents as they age and pass away, but it is world-shattering when a parent loses their child. It's not something that is supposed to happen, and the grief can be overwhelming. And I'm sure she didn't say it as dramatically as that, but it has stuck with me forever to be like, I will never understand the grief of a parent losing their child, or at least I hope I will never understand the grief of a parent losing their child, because it seems like something horrifying. It's It seems almost unsurvivable. And you know it's not, you know that all grief passes in its own way, but that's one type of grief that feels like it will never go away. And to watch her think it's her fault is like... (laughs) I regret my words, young Uck. You can't throw this back at me. I was just joking for the podcast. Remember when we were so mad at her and we couldn't wait for... Wow. Uh, we've... Okay, so listen. I don't... I don't know if I've ever had to eat my words this aggressively. Remember when we said we were wrong all the time? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is one of those times, guys. <laughs> We were wrong. We did bad. You know, if you listen to episode one and then, you know, you write into us because maybe you've seen the whole drama and you let us know that maybe we're being too hard on the mom, I'd get it now. We've come around. It was very hard to see the moment that he first forgot and then remembered his mom. That was absolutely devastating. But maybe... The hardest words I've ever had to read off of a screen while having two flawless and emotional and devastating actors deliver the lines were first, thank you for being my son, and it's an honor to have you as a mother. Remember how they both really (laughs) needed to hear those words? We waited the whole K-drama and we got there. Yep, we fell in love with this K-drama. It took all of the pain of these last couple of episodes, but they were so beautifully done that, you know, it makes me feel like everything was worth it. So, would recommend. Uncontrollably font. If you want to cry forever. I guess it's good that, like, audio is so editable so that you all don't have to sit here and listen to us cry silently because that <laughs> has been happening for just you know like not not a despicable amount of time but you know it's, it's been solid couple seconds at a time that we've just been silently staring at each other crying so so it's fine we're fine we're fine everything's normal and we don't cry on our own podcast all the time <laughs> we don't we don't cry during the finale of every single k-drama that we watch it's fine um, I'll, I will share a statistic that I heard once, and I don't know where it's from, and I don't know who said it, 
originally, and I don't know how to verify if it's true, but I really liked it. And it was that people who enjoy watching sad things that make them cry are people who are statistically more empathetic to other people. They have an easier time identifying emotions in other people, and they have uh, they're more likely to take the time to understand others' emotions and to help those people. And so, you know, every time we come around this podcast and every time we fully sob at a K-drama and just cannot read the screen anymore, my (laughs) eyes are too full of tears, sob at a K-drama. And, you know, I just kind of, I like to think about that. We're empathy training. And for all of our K-drama listeners that or our K-drama watchers that listen to our podcast. You're doing the same thing. You're great people. Empathy is good. Empathy is good. What are we training for? I don't don't know. No. But gosh, I hope it's worth it, because it feels like this training is getting a little too intense. Yeah, what are we doing? (laughs) Hey, can we tone it down a bit? Hey, maybe better training instead of, you know, like, more training, because I can't be this dehydrated. I feel like we had peak empathy training with these last two dramas. Crash Landing on You and Uncontrollably Fond ruined me. Yeah. They made me very sad. And I, yeah, if we're doing quality over quantity, I think we've reached highest quality. I do, yeah. We've watched two amazing dramas in a row, and both of them were heartbreaking. And maybe, just maybe, if y'all have a recommendation in the next week or two, as we choose a new K-drama that is absolute brain candy, just sweet and silly and dumb, that I will take it. You will be automatically chosen. (laughs) Just don't lie to us, because we can't do this anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't even listening. I'm sorry. I was reading my notes and I read oh. where <laughs> Jun Young asks Jite, "What was I like?" That was the saddest part of the drama recap. <laughs> we can't keep doing this. <laughs> Why does Josh hate us? <laughs> hey, Josh. I know you're listening. please don't recommend any more sad dramas (laughs) we can't keep doing this hey josh you made emily cry (laughs) really a lot (laughs) i have to hold it together because if marie sees me crying he'll panic (laughs) i have to go to work in like 40 minutes (laughs) oh no jesus Hey, if you're a mess too, tweet at us. We're at Play on K. We have our email. If you, you know, want to tell us your feelings, we always want to hear them. We're playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on playonk.com, as well as sign up for our newsletter so you never miss when we start a new drama, and find a link to our Patreon so you can join us there see all of our blog posts on dramas that we watch that we don't talk about on the podcast, and join us for our watch parties, where we watch shows together on Netflix. 
Yeah. We are on lots of different places to find podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher, Blueberry, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Most of those you can also leave a review and you can do a rating and we would love it if you did so, please. And we are on Instagram. We are at Play on K Podcast, and we'd love it if you followed us, you said hi, and you gave us recommendations for dramas that won't make us sad anymore. Just only happy dramas for um, comedies. Does anyone have like a just silly, dopey comedy? Like something uh, like You're Beautiful adjacent or Oh My Venus adjacent. Mm-hmm. Fluffy. We need fluffy. We just need cotton candy. We need a warm blanket to wrap us up and hold us for the rest of the year. Because <laughs> we can't keep doing this. It's 2020. We can't keep doing the saddest dramas. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much to James Paul Hevel and Scoo2DM for our wonderful theme songs. We love them, and we love you. And we love you all for listening. Yeah! Join us next week. We're going to do a bonus episode on Uncontrollably Fond. Hopefully we'll have some details in there that you didn't know before, or you just wanted to talk about, or we wanted to talk about, and we're excited to talk about them. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get it together by then. We'll see. We'll see. No Tears Podcast. Or we'll be well hydrated enough to cry. (laughs) Find out on our next episode. We'll see you then. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.